Hey, DC, right now at VisionWorks, all prescription eyewear, every frame, every brand is 50% off. Yup, a nifty 50% thanks to our friends and family event. What's even better? It applies to both glasses and sunglasses. That's right. At the VisionWorks friends and family event, you can save 50% on all prescription eyewear. Why? Because we like you, DC. A lot. VisionWorks, we're here to help you. Some restrictions apply. See store for details. Hey, podcast listeners, this is your humble host, Michael Smalley, and I just wanted to take a moment of your time before the show gets going to remind you about our online membership. It is an incredible resource to help you build a better relationship where we have taken all of our best video series and converted them into online courses. You can check out how to become a member at smalleyinstitute.com. Our amazing listeners have submitted an impossible question. So, of course, we're going to take on this question and possibly give some of you hope when you think there is no hope. Welcome to Smalley Marriage Radio. I am your host, Michael Smalley, who does not, in every introduction, give grand statements, along with my co-host, Seth Johnson. Who definitely does not give grand statements. Yeah, definitely doesn't. But I didn't on this one. It's true. And it's because the, the question is really intense. And yeah. I kind of feel like this dude's question alone is extravagant enough for me. It says it all. You don't, it does. You don't need to do anything else. It's epic. It's on the <laughs> level of epic. And thank you, listener. Yeah, thank you. And hey, come on, listeners. You got to interact with us. We love your questions. So just go to smalleyinstitute.com. And you will see a direct link to the Q&A from Mm -hmm. uh, the main navigational menu. And we've started to take some live calls. We have. We had our first one just last episode. Yeah. So we we generally record on Tuesdays in the mornings. And so we will make a social media post that we're accepting calls. So you check that out. The number's there. It is. We don't know it offhand. No. Because that would be helpful. <laughs> that would be way too helpful. And it would show that we prepared. Or maybe we just want them to live in eager anticipation. Yeah, we're salting, as my father would say. <laughs> yes. So, okay, I'm going to read the question, and then we're going to dive right into it. Sounds I'm, great. I'm like, I'm getting tired of these comments people are making that you guys do too much goofing around at the beginning. It's starting to hurt my feelings a little bit. I feel like you saying that is instigating more goofing around. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of a sly way. You read my mind very well, or my intentions. Your body language. Yeah. So, okay, here's the question from a guy and one of our faithful listeners. I have hurt my wife in every way possible. I love her very much, but I have already destroyed her trust in me once. How do you come back from that and save your marriage? Whoa. Yeah. That dude got right to the point. I've destroyed her. I've hurt her again. Now, how do I fix it? Hurt her in every way possible. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the epic dramatic side. I know. I want to go, wow. What have you been doing? I mean, it sounds like in here he's had an affair. Potentially multiple. I don't know. Because usually when people use that kind of language, 
they're talking right. about infidelity. I could be totally wrong. But yeah, it's I mean, hey, he's done a lot of damage. It sounds maybe just by he's probably out on the internet exploring, realizing just how messed up he is or how messed up the things he has done are and he's hopefully had a change of heart or you know i mean he's had like a an awakening revelation yeah and is looking for answers and looking for help so that's good yeah i mean that makes me happy so i don't i don't ever sit here in judgment over others because i have all of my own problems Mm -hmm. seth do you sit in judgment over others a little bit yeah You shouldn't. Mostly mostly over you. Your lack of hair Not our listeners. on top of your head should be enough for you to be humble. I know. And I <laughs> I I burned my head on Saturday. No, you didn't. And then more on Sunday. No, what? Yeah. Wait. There's a story there. <laughs> I was out supporting a friend's band. Uh they were playing at like a crawfish thing. Was it, what was it KISS or something where they have flames coming out of the guitars? No, like Sunburn. Oh, <laughs> I'm thinking like fire. Like, how did you do no. that two days in a row? No, sunburn. Oh. Well, say sunburn. Don't say I burned my head. That's like clearly <laughs> insinuating there was fire on Saturday yeah. and Sunday. Clearly. And then basically the same thing on Sunday. I was out uh, grilling with friends in the afternoon and burned again. Well, you are amazingly pale. I'm still in denial of my bald headedness sometimes, so I don't think about. <laughs> oh yeah, I should probably like lather something up yeah. or cover that. No, I need, no. I need some SPF seventy nine. Just, just toasted it right up. <laughs> so now that I just laughed, I feel totally awkward getting back into this gentleman's question. So how do you repair unbearable damage? Yeah, unthinkable <laughs> damage. Well, okay. So how do you first? And and if you've ever listened to any of our previous shows, surely I'm praying by now you're picking up. When you have wounded someone, no matter the severity, so you do the same thing, whether it's a little hurt or a really, really big hurt, like this guy is describing, you always have to start with validating them and and taking ownership of the hurt you've caused. You got to start there. Right. Because what people want most, first of all, when they're wounded is just to be heard and understood, to be empathized for mm-hmm. or with. I don't even know how to word that. Well, even we all know, like, uh, AA classically, like, the first thing we say is, like, admitting, saying who you are, admitting the I'm problem. Michael Smalley, and I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we got to do. You got to admit and validate that you are correct. Well, and validating means that, because there's going to be times where you disagree with the hurt that your spouse or significant other is feeling. Like, you... I know the other day you're aware of this conflict because it spilled over to you, and I won't get into great detail, (laughs) but my wife was pretty upset over something that I'd forgotten to do, Mm -hmm. and I can own that I probably passive-aggressively forgot to do it. Yeah. I can own that, but still, I felt like her reaction to my mistake was extreme. I didn't feel like the re, you know the, the the mistake I had made didn't feel like it equaled the response I was getting. That's when it's tough. That's when it's tough to validate. Oh, for sure. When you disagree with the person's hurt, basically. Yeah, and and 
and Amy was on the complete other end, she didn't understand why this wasn't a bigger yeah. deal to you. She's like, yes, this is a big deal. If she could just acknowledge that I am superior <laughs> emotionally, then we'd be fine. And I was bridging the gap saying, I don't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> you were like our child. You're like, I don't want to be in the middle of this. I need a safe space. <laughs> so I get it, but... Even if you disagree with someone, you still need to validate because the truth is, whether it's right or wrong, they're upset to whatever degree they're upset. Right. And this is one of the things Shauna knows I have the hardest time with. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Shauna, honey, I feel your pain. Yeah, even on just small things. It's, mm-hmm. I'm getting better. Are you? Incrementally. Sunburn head? <laughs> But of just you look like a giant clown's nose. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I hear you. I validate. I hear what you're saying that I look like a giant clown. Your thoughts, nose. and I reject. It. Yeah. Uh, but so I, I know that this is hard, even on just small things. I have I have problems with it because my pride, and I want your, to be right. Your analytical ability, mm-hmm. and I have your fact orientedness really great skills at at twisting whatever happens to align with my initial belief or oh, understanding. That's so convenient. <laughs> I know. It's amazing how that works out. I know. And but Shana, we all do that. Yeah. We all do that. In particular, when we disagree with mm-hmm. either entirely the issue or the level of which, you know, we're getting the reaction. Right. But if you want to repair even unbearable hurt or even unmanageable hurt, un- unimaginable hurt, you got to start with validating. The next move when you validate someone, and this is where people make consistently make mistakes, is you validate and hopefully you do a good job validating. But then where you can error is you go off and try to repair the damage in a way that you think it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. No, no, it doesn't. And, and again, your heart is in the right place. Mm-hmm. So you're wanting to make things right, but the mistake we make is when we don't ask, okay, now that you're validated, what do you need from me? Right. So if we, and I've shared examples before of Amy trying to repair, you know, my hurt feelings, but if she doesn't ask me, she's probably going to do something that would be meaningful to her. Right. Which is kind of our only perspective mm-hmm. that we have, which is why we have to ask the question. That is, that is an important second step. Well, I think because of of two things. One, um, of course, asking gives you the correct answer, right? It's going to give you the way to help help validate them. But then I think also just the the posture that it shows in asking. It, it shows repentance, right? Doesn't so, it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that that in itself, even if you ask and they don't have an answer. I think that already takes steps towards repairing because it shows the the significant other like okay they're I don't know how to answer that yet but it shows me that you you care enough and so I want to maybe find an answer yeah it's even more validating mm-hmm. you're like pouring validation over that person when you ask the question hey what do you need from me or how can I make this right or how can I repair it it's it's yeah it's huge. <laughs> Then, when you ask, you had better follow through. 
Yeah. So don't ask that question. Because you're setting yourself up. Yeah, because if they ask you to... Now, obviously, and this, it annoys me because people do this. Mm, they do it too much. Is they'll ask, and then they think that they're... they're ner- well, sometimes they don't even ask because they're fearful that what's going to be asked of them is going to be bad or unhealthy, right. unhealthy or extreme. Just relax. Very. I mean... I can't even think of 23 years of helping and counseling. I can't just off the top of my head think of a time that anyone was ever unreasonable about what it would take to repair the damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't ever really experience people doing that. But we're obviously, when I say follow through, I'm not saying, okay, so if they go, if you want to make this right, kill yourself. Obviously, you don't follow through with that. Well, out of love, yeah. I do this for you. Well, Smalley, I listen to this podcast. <laughs> I better do it. I mean, stop it. If they're asking you to do something that is unloving or sinful or wrong, right. clearly they're still really angry, and you probably just need to give them time. Right, and if you have a question about that, then then talk to someone that you trust, mm-hmm. like, um, whether someone is they could call you, in. a mentor. You could call in yeah. to the show on a Tuesday. And have someone that you trust speak into that. Because I mean, like, it might be hard for you to know sometimes what is actually a healthy exactly. request. And, and, I, and I run into that where someone's like, whoa, whoa, I, that doesn't feel right to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, the example that popped into my head was a guy who they were not a wealthy couple. Mm-hmm. And he went out on his own and purchased a $15,000 boat. Mm. Did not talk to her at all. Yeah. Hey, listen, dudes, that's wrong. Right. Now, I usually tell couples, like, you need to have some sort of spending limit level where mm-hmm. neither of you have to go ask permission, right? Quote, unquote. Yeah. Ours is $10. Yeah. <laughs> ours is a 100. <laughs> 100. 100 or less. But even there, yeah, we can't. I can't make. $1,700 or less decisions mm-hmm. in a month, right? I, I mean, we you have to be reasonable. Uh, I've done counseling with people when I was <laughs> they were very wealthy, and I was kind of getting into this. I'm mm-hmm. like, so, well, I, you know, my wife and I, it's like 100 bucks. I need to call her, right? Yeah. I need to go, hey, hon, this is what it is, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, our level's 10000 I went, oh. How much did I charge for this intensive? <laughs> right. <laughs> so you didn't have to consult each other about this. I had a guy once. Mm-hmm. It was a million dollars. No. A million or less, you don't have to go to the other person. Um, he was writing. He was donating money to for pastors to get intensives. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to write me a $350,000 check. Yeah. And I literally tried everything I could in my power to sabotage it. Because <laughs> I went, oh. Because I didn't expect him just right there in that meeting go, yeah, here, I want to fund yeah. the whole thing. And he, I'm like, oh, the whole thing, I had to add up numbers. <laughs> right. Because I had different levels of which he could get involved. And and I go, well, all of it would be 350 He goes, okay. Hey, but, you know, ask his assistant, go get my checkbook. I went, oh, uh, you're, you're going to do that now? Because I don't even think I can write a receipt. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. I went, don't you need to call your wife? He's like, yeah. no, if it's a million or less, we're fine. I went, I think I asked for too little. Right. <laughs> Can we do 999,099? Yeah. yeah. Is that is that okay? Yeah. I think I made up a false number there. 999 million you. and 99. Let's just move on. All right. <laughs> so you got to follow through. Don't ask because if you don't follow through, you've just genuinely you've set off a nuclear bomb in your relationship. 
But then for this guy, I have a special final point. Not for the whole show, so don't turn it off. <laughs> but for this guy, I wrote down here specifically for him, this listener, spend the rest of your life doing the right thing and learning how to do it. And here's what I'm saying. And I don't know, and Seth, you may disagree with this, so that would be good because we need some healthy tension in this podcast from time to time. We always agree with each other too much. But I genuinely feel this. If So this dude is saying, I have hurt my wife in every way possible. I've done it again. Now how do I save my marriage? Dude, you might not be able to. You might not be able to save your marriage. But I feel that he needs to spend the rest of his life loving her well, even if that is after a divorce, even if she gets remarried. he ha They have children together. If they do, they might not, but they probably do. You have children with this person. You're the one who had the affair. You're the one who did these things, and I get it. Most of the time, affairs happen because the relationship is broken, and, right. and it's pretty much 100% of the time both of you are doing unhealthy things. Mm -hmm. right, but you sort of chose to do the most terrible coping that you could do to an unhealthy relationship, right? And so I like, I guess if it were me, what I'm saying is I, I don't get remarried. I feel like I, not that I need to flog myself or whatever. It's not mm -hmm. out of condemnation. It's genuinely out of doing, hey, am I going to love you even if you do something that's hurtful? Even if you cut me off? Even if you divorce me, mm -hmm. am I going to, because am I changed or not? And I guess I feel like if you're a follower of Christ, I'm going to spend the rest of my life loving her well and appropriately, especially if she gets remarried. Right. I don't mean in a romantic way. <laughs> right. But I mean in a respectful, honoring yeah. way, and I'm going to take care of those kids, and I don't care. I don't care if this new guy can afford to take care of my kids on his own. I'm still, I have an obligation to do that, and I want to spend the rest of my life loving her well and taking care of those kids and learning and continually being on the road to learning how to continue being better. Yeah. I have no disagreement with that. <sighs> I thought you might. <laughs> no. Because I know, I, I can imagine some <laughs> listeners are, wait, so I make one mistake and I have to spend the rest of my day. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You might. Yeah, but A, I mean, this guy clearly didn't make one mistake, so that exactly. argument's out the door. But either either way... And yeah, I mean, that, look, that's what we're called to do as believers, no matter what the situation inside or outside of marriage is, what that statement I have in our notes, spend the rest of your life doing the right thing and learning how to do it. That's called sanctification. Yeah. And so you're just called to that in a particular way with uh, your spouse. And whether that ends in uh, a divorce, it does not end your sanctification in that relationship. And I frankly, just to call people out on it, I think it shows whether you really follow Christ or not. I have a friend right now, I will not give names, who's doing this very thing. Mm -hmm. He blew it. He blew it. He had affairs. He hit her once. And when he slapped her, they were in this nasty argument, and which was all wrong, mm -hmm. bad. But guess what? The good news is he ran to Christ, mm -hmm. and he changed. His wife hasn't been willing to receive that change. Yeah, And it's been five years close to mm -hmm. now, and she's engaged. And he's like, no, I'm not getting remarried. No, I'm not going to do it. Hey, I blew it. I did. I, I, I wish she could acknowledge mm -hmm. the change I've made, and, and it would be good for her to do that, and they could have a wonderful – she's not. So now what do you do? 
I, I really feel like Christ sits up there and is like, all right, Smalley, what are you going to do now? You yeah. know, your wife didn't respond well. Mm-hmm. Your kid didn't respond well. So now what are you going to do? And I think we still have to do what we're called to, and that's to love God and love others. So, by the way, on this issue of forgiveness, we actually have a super cool free ebook on forgiveness at smalleyinstitute.com. So if you go even to this uh, podcast episode, you'll see it on the right side and download it because in that ebook, we, we not only teach you how to seek forgiveness, but there's also part two of how do you give forgiveness? Mm-hmm. Because if this guy, if this guy changes and his wife doesn't, he's going to have to figure out also how to forgive her right? for the unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, and that stuff really matters. So, you know, another part of his question was how can, you know, how can I save my marriage? And this is one when we were sort of prepping for the episode that you didn't like the wording. So I'm going to give the wording exactly <laughs> as I wrote it. And then we'll try to see if Seth has anything worthy. Usually to complain not. About. <laughs> so the first thing, if he wants to save his marriage, the first thing is that you have to recognize that you have zero control over saving your marriage. So complain away, <laughs> co-host. So this is what I said. I said, I know exactly what you mean behind that. I do not like the wording. So how would you word it differently? Jerk. Because Do you like the tension? <laughs> I mean... People are like, turn it up. Yeah, they're going to fight, 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 fight. Did I hear someone breaking a bottle? <laughs> <laughs> Click. Listen here, Smalley. <laughs> Um, to me, that's reading that statement sounds like, uh, it, an excuse for relinquishing personal responsibility, which I know this we're completely How? against. How does that statement relinquish anyone? It's, that was my issue with you. It like the very nature of the statement is to take responsibility for your own actions and recognize that you can't control others. Go on. Once again. <laughs> okay, one of my pet peeves, Stupid. friends and family, is exactly that. People <laughs> just interrupting and not letting you finish a logical thought progression. And then you have to backtrack and start all over. And, of course, Michael and I get in some wonderful conversations because of it. Uh, but because that's how, okay, I'll I, be quiet. <laughs> how I read into it. When you say that you have zero control... So then it's like, okay, why do anything then? Like, if I have zero control, then there's no reason for me to ha- t- take any active role. Yeah, I can see how a weak-minded person might think that. <laughs> well, I hope none of our listeners then feel the same way about that statement because then you just called them weak-minded. But I still love you, and now you can listen to Johnson Marriage Radio. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to work on the title of that one. <laughs> yeah. People might be confused about what this That'll is about. That'll get put under the sexual, you know, topic yeah. in iTunes. But I immediately have tons more listeners. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Our biggest episode yet. No, so, no, that yeah, I, I still don't see that because we have to reckon, and here's why I made this statement, because what I see over and over again with men who have, it, yeah, it tends to be guys. So that's a whole nother show, I guess, on why is it. But where guys have acknowledged, I have been terrible. I've made horrible mistakes. Now I'm awakened. Right now I realize the damage I've done and <gasps> I want to make it right again. But now she wants to divorce me. 
and they try to control that outcome. So now that they've had this awakening, their reaction to that is to now, well, no, I'm not going to go to court. No, I'm not going to sign those papers. No, I'm not going to do all these things because, look, I've changed. I've changed. I've changed. And they try to control their spouse from divorcing them. And at the end of the day, what you do is you basically prove to them why they want to divorce you in the first place. Even though you've probably really changed, Mm -hmm. your strategy to show them is actually just proving their negative beliefs about you. So that's why the first step is knowing, hey, I have done terrible things, and so I may not be able to save my marriage. And I have to be okay with that. I have to. And so if I try to control, like, I'm not going to go. I'm standing up for my marriage. Are you? Yeah, I I mean, or are you just standing up for what you want again, selfishly? Yeah. (laughs) I think how I would word it would be a bit more implicitly. Is that the right, right word of saying? You have to recognize that you have zero control over your spouse's positive or negative reaction to your self-improvement. How is what I said any different than that? Because then it, then it lets you know that you are already taking ownership of and changing and, and self-improving. Instead, like your, your statement is assuming that someone is taking personal responsibility. Mine would, would say that, uh, yes, you are already doing this and you can't control the reaction to it. That's, that's probably, that's where my reading into things is different. Well, I have to admit after hearing you, I am even more convinced that I'm correct. (laughs) (laughs) Really thought I'd won you over on that. But, but what we're saying though is it's important to, to, to understand you can't stop it from happening. Your spouse is their own person. Right. And they could be doing it for the right reasons, the wrong reasons. You don't have control over others. All you have control over is what you do. Mm-hmm. And Frank, again, if you really want to show them you've changed, then love them well, especially if they're not loving you well. Right. Love them anyways. That mm-hmm. will show them that you've really changed. And I also want to encourage you, if you're trying to save your marriage because you've done something catastrophic, don't put your energy into trying to, quote, unquote, convince her that you've changed. Show her that you've changed, right? It's kind yeah. of part and parcel said. of what we just Oh, you know what? That was belittling. Because <laughs> I, as I said, it realized I had just said that. <laughs> but then you need to continue loving well, right? It's Especially when they're not. But this last point, I know, I know, I kind of, I, I messed up. I gave all the good points all in the first point. But this last one is is big. You ready yep. for this one? I'm ready. Should we pause for a commercial break? <laughs> if only we were lucky enough to have sponsors. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have I a forgot. commercial break. I forgot. The last thing, if you really want to save your marriage, is guard your own heart. And what I mean by that is what happens a lot of times is, You've changed. You made horrible mistakes, but now you've acknowledged it. You've had this awakening. You've really changed. Now, if your spouse isn't responding like you would hope, or I'll even say like maybe they should, mm-hmm. you know, like my friend I discussed, I mean, yeah, his wife is being unhealthy. She's being ridiculous. 
And so what can happen if you don't guard your own heart is that now you can become bitter. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, I mean, I've literally walked through this with couples where, you know, husband blows it bad, wife gets really angry, wife starts responding bad, husband changes, but then because wife doesn't change quick enough, now husband becomes shut down and bitter. Yeah. You know, like, here I am, I'm a new man, and yet I'm still not benefiting. Mm-hmm. And that's really, just to say it out loud, that's what's happening. If you start to become closed yourself now and unforgiving yourself or bitter or angry and you're allowing your heart to get wounded by her bad behavior now, well, really what you're saying is, ah, I'm now good or I'm doing the right thing and you're not doing it back for me, so now I'm going to get bad again. So then what are practical ways that someone can, like this, this guy in particular, can guard his heart to like keep things in check? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. I just know this cool phrase, guard your heart. <laughs> and that's all we got, folks. I know. That's cool it. phrases. No, you know what I love? Thank you for asking that because this is where I tend to get really upset with a lot of Christian shows especially is they throw these wonderful statements out and then they don't actually say anything practical that you can do to actually accomplish it. Just give it up to him. Yeah, just give it up to heart. him. You need to be forgiving. Just yeah, lay it down. You lay <laughs> Put it at the foot of the cross. Lay it down. Lift it up. Just put it aside. Separate <laughs> it. <laughs> wow, you really got those down. Put it behind you. Just make sure it's before you. When one door closes, another opens. Crawl through the window. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to guard your heart, honestly, first and foremost, that's a Jesus thing. So Jesus says, and it even prophesies this in the Old Testament, that he has come to heal the brokenhearted. And so if you are in a situation where you need to guard your heart and protect yourself against bitterness and unforgiveness, that really comes through your relationship with Christ. So my first thing, if you're going to guard your heart, is, is going to be prayer. So start there. And by the way, that's every day, all day long, mm-hmm. and every time that they treat you poorly. You've got to run to Christ going, wow, Lord, that hurt. Mm-hmm. And and pray specifically. Say, Holy Spirit, don't allow my heart to harden. Don't allow my heart to shut down. Don't allow this wound to fester. I want. I, I'm giving you access to it. I mean, be yeah. really open and blunt about that and specific. The next thing you can do to guard your heart is make sure you're involved in some sort of counsel or discipleship with someone who is older and wiser than you are mm-hmm. because you need someone healthy that you can share these hurts with. Right. You know, like, man, I'm doing everything I can, and she just won't respond. Yeah. And you need someone in your corner and to go, I, keep going, keep strong. I would add to that, with that person in your corner, um, let them into what and how you're praying so they can help you filter oh. if those are even, like, healthy things or like proper expectations Mm -hmm. because oftentimes when you're in this hurtful situation and you know you're told to pray so you're like yeah i'm I'm praying but you're praying out of the hurt and maybe you're not praying uh really just healthy things or things are correct so if you let this other mentor and be like hey you know this might not be what you're praying it might not be really biblical or healthy or or healthy Yeah. yeah that's fine i think of two two examples about that one is with a, a family member who was praying, both of them, 
were praying, uh, like a husband and a wife, mm-hmm. were praying. <laughs> I'm sorry, it still makes me laugh. <laughs> sorry. Wow. <laughs> it really does. I'm like, wait, what? So this person came to me and was like, they were going through a lot of trials, mm-hmm. just crazy stuff. And they were really getting distraught about it and, wound, you know, just stressed out. And, and all of a sudden they tell me, yeah, I mean, what's crazy is we've been praying that God makes us stronger and we've been praying to be Delta Force Christians. And I went, well, you've been praying to be a what? Yeah. A Delta Force Christian. I went, like Delta Force, the special forces of the army? Delta Force? Like, yeah. And I went. What does like that a even precision mean? Christian that kills people? I, exactly. I'm like, what does that possibly mean? They go, well, we've been asking God to give us trials so that we know trials make you stronger. And I go, time out. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. You're you you just shared how confused you are while you're going through much stuff, but now you're telling me That's you've been, been praying asking and for. asking for trials. I go, I hadn't thought of it that way. I'm like, really? <laughs> I go, hey. Just so you know, trials are going to come, whether you pray for them or not. And, right. and I don't know necessarily if God was up there going, well, you want more trials? Right, here you go. go. But I'm like, okay, that's a bad way to pray. Right. Well, it's like that thing that, I mean, heard forever in my Christendom upbringing is don't pray per- for perseverance because God is going to you know, put Send you to situations. Yeah. yeah. And so that was one. And another one was a guy who had done all the counseling, all the work to recover from an affair he had. Mm-hmm. And then, like uh, seven, eight years later, he had an affair again with that same person. Okay, exactly. So now they're at my church. I was pastoring at. Mm-hmm. I'm meeting with them in the office, going, "Oh man, I'm so sorry." I mean, the wife is deaf. She's like, "It doesn't yeah. make sense. We've been doing everything right, and blah blah blah. How could this have happened again?" And I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> and so as we <laughs> continue to talk, at one point, this husband shares that he's been praying for her the entire time, the woman that he had the affair with. And I go, Mm -hmm. oh, hold on a minute. What do you mean you've been praying for her? Well, the Bible says pray for your enemies. And she was an enemy because she was outside of my marriage. But I went, okay, I get it. (laughs) Yeah. But what are you praying? And he'd been praying for her for success and, uh, I mean, all of these things. And I went, dude, that was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm like, what you all you really did was keep that door open. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's not something you pray over every single day. I mean, to pray for that person and go, Lord, we messed up. She was messed up. Obviously, I was messed up. So, Lord, I ask that you bless her, and and you're done with it. Right. You don't keep doing it. And so, for seven, eight years, every single day, Just checking she was you on his heart. Hey, how can I be praying oh, for you today? Well, guess what happened? After like seven, eight years, she called him. And said, yeah. I'm really hurting. Can we talk? Yeah. Well, absolutely. Well, he's been praying I for I want the best for you. Yeah. And then, boom, there they are again. So I like that. So that's very good advice, which is why it's so important to have mentors in our life. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we're doing things. And again, he wasn't, he obviously wasn't praying for every day, thinking, hey, this will help me have an affair again. <laughs> this can lead to something. Yeah. But it was stupid. And he didn't have anyone in his life that he gave access to to kind of help correct some of the negative things that yep. he was doing. Dang. Ah, so don't try to convince her that you've changed. Show her you need to continue loving well, and then you're guarding your heart. Because you need to be able to hang in there for as long as it might ta- take for God to change her. Mm-hmm. And hopefully 
she's reaching out to the Lord as well. And obviously God's going to want reconciliation. But hey, sometimes that doesn't happen. Right. And so I have to love well no matter what's going on. Mm. This was a good one. It's good. You actually gave some very good advice today. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's so rare that that I... (laughs) You mean with our first ever live call-in? When I just sat there and and had one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no one, unfortunately, no one called during the taping of this one. I'm the worst. Yeah. I'll just let you sit in that. (laughs) I'm not going to try to make you feel better. Well, hey, folks, if you're on the site and you're listening to this podcast episode, just keep scrolling down because you will find direct links to our Reignite Your Marriage app, and that app is free, and it will give you some really powerful relationship tools that you can use to resolve conflict. There's the love list on there that's a super cool function of the app, and of course, this podcast. Mm-hmm. Is also you can listen to it straight from the app. Yeah, and if you're already on the site, then I really want to encourage you. We have a free course about discovering the number one reason relationships fail. Sign up for that; it is totally free. So get that course. But then we also have some paid courses that are powerful, and we have over a hundred hours of video from our very best series. So you want to check that out. And then, as always, Seth, what is your favorite thing that you that you beg and plead the listener to do? Bias Apple Watches. Well, that, that's true. That is one thing. <laughs> but what's the other thing? Uh, leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing, both with uh, our content and quality. And it helps us know if we are being impactful and helps others find the show. All right. Well, that's about all we have for today. That's about so I it. should probably get into the final reading. Yeah. The closing that <laughs> the happens. Benediction. At every, yeah, the benediction. <laughs> Please rise. It's funny because I totally blanked on what I was supposed to do next. Like, oh, I've only done this a couple hundred times. Yeah. So what do I do now? We're actually where are we right now? On we're, our on our shows. How many have we we are on show number one seventy one? Yeah, we're gonna have to have a two hundred two hundredth episode coming up. Well, we're gonna if we keep recording. Yeah. It's inevitable. <laughs> because every time we record we go up one. Wait, hold on. Go over the math on this again. (laughs) We're getting there close. Well, Smalley Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Smalley Institute. If your marriage is on life support, reignite your relationship in only two days. Find out more online at smalleyinstitute.com, or you can call us toll-free at 888-565-6462. I was shaking from a storm in me. Specters that we had to see Yeah, I wanted To be the melody Above the noise, above the With 25% off all new and up to 70% off previously leased furnishings, do you really need a better reason to party? We don't think so. Come visit our new Court Furniture Clearance Center with more than 9,000 square feet of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home and office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. Free food, prizes, and fun all weekend long at our Chantilly Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com.